listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. You know, it is so great to be connecting with the other campuses in Melbourne this morning as well. We love you. We are so pumped to be, come on, one week away from Legacy Sunday. And uh, if you're visiting here at Life, you most probably already picked it up, but uh, we're an incredible season. You know, I wish everyone in Melbourne could fly across because today you can go two streets over and see a new central campus. I tell you, once you get there, it's just like, oh my God, everybody goes, I can't imagine it ever would have been this big. So it's just amazing. But you can be praying for us as we're praying for you. And come on, let's pray and just ask God to speak to us. Father, we thank you today for your greatness, your goodness. The fact that you reached into our lives and you brought hope and you've given strength and purpose. And we just pray today as we once again focus in on legacy that you'll speak to our hearts, not just our heads. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You would have seen most probably already these three words, seeding tomorrow, today. You know, it's an amazing thing that when you discover how God works, it's very different to the world in which we grow up in. You know, we are taught very much that we need to defend our position, that our own patch needs to be protected, and you just got to watch out because somebody's going to rip you off. But, you know, God comes along and he says, no, I want you to change the way that you think. That actually, if you've been in life, you would have picked up 25 years ago when we began that we had a mandate, a sense of God's purpose, where it was that we wanted to touch others in the city. We wanted to blow wind into other ministry sales. We wanted to reach people with the community. And right now we're in a mission. We have three and a half years to 2020. And one of our goals is that we are going to pay for the first stage of development in our new central property. Because we've seen God do a miracle, a myriad of miracles up at north and down south and even over recent years. And as we continue to grow and in Melbourne, we're believing for a God-sized facility, something that's going to be amazing. And you know, I heard this week, somebody say this to me, and there's always this kind of comment. It says, oh, I just bumped into somebody <clears throat> that used to be in life years ago. Excuse me. And uh, they're no longer in church anywhere anymore. And they had gone somewhere else. And they said, well, you know what I don't like about churches these days is spending all that money on buildings. And I said, you know what? It's easy to make a judgment on somebody's attitude. But I actually know the couple. And I said, I'd love to meet them. Because I'd ask them one question. Well, why did you build your house then? It's kind of like, you know, it's so easy to go. I'm going to fall into the trap of the enemy rather than realizing we can change our community with a sense of understanding that we were designed by God to make an impact, to create an echo on other people. You know, when the enemy wants to rip every one of us off, he wants us to actually kind of narrow down our lives, to live according to what we've experienced rather than having the spirit that we're here. Come on, in Auckland, we're here in Melbourne to change our communities. And the church is beginning to rise to realize that we could make that kind of difference. Many years ago, I found myself reading Proverbs 13 verse 22, and it defines Bible style what a good man is. If you said, oh, there's a good person or there's a good person, this is what the Bible defines a good person as. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. 
In other words, they don't just live for the here and now. They don't just live for the me and my. They actually are thinking, you know what? I'm going to live the kind of life where there will be an echo that will go generationally. And it's an amazing scripture because the second path, we, part of the scripture we often don't read. But it says, and the wealth of the sinner or the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Could it be that God is wanting to unlock so much more in our lives when we begin to live our lives with a legacy spirit? Rather than the enemy breaking down us into protecting our own patch. It's kind of like I've had many people say to me over the years, Paul, you know, we love life. We love the church. But why do we keep expanding? Why is there this constant challenge to climb another mountain? Why, why is it that, you know, it's kind of like you're always kind of excited about the next thing. And I go, because I realize that what we've experienced is fantastic, but there is more of an echo to create. Well, why would you be setting a course as a church in little New Zealand to have more than 20 million every year? Going to community need because there are many hundreds of thousands of people that are caught up in this circumstance that are saying, is there somebody who can help? Is there a God that cares? Mm -hmm. You know, what we're doing right now is setting the foundation so we can fulfill what God's called us to fulfill. We've already seen that legacy lives an eternal view. In other words... We learn we're not going to get stuck in our now. We're not going to allow, come on, the bottom of the valley to rule us. We're going to learn that even in the toughest of times, there's something that's going to change in us because we're living with an eternal view. We're, we're God designed. We're God aligned. We're actually living in the purposes of God. That's why Psalm 112 and verse 1, one of my favorite Psalms says this, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man and the woman that fears the Lord. And delights greatly in his commands. In other words, I'm going to start living my life according to God's way of living. And then get this. Come on, Melvin, get this in verse 2. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. I don't know if you're a parent with kids. You know what? You'll get tired of their mess. You'll get tired, come on, of their attitudes at times. But I want you to start prophesying, you are mighty. Come on, and you are going to learn on the shoulders of what I've been through. Because God is wanting to raise up legacy-spirited people. Legacy people live with an eternal view. Legacy people, come on, embrace self-denial. They realize it's going to cost. I have a little bit of a problem in the church sometimes. It's kind of like even what we're doing now or any mountain you're going to climb. There's those that go, we could never do that. We could never raise 20 million for the community. How would we ever do that? I go, well, if God calls us to. He's already on top of the mountain. And then there are the others. I will do it easy. This is going to be easy. And I go, you haven't climbed many mountains. Come on, this is a significant mountain. It's not just going to fall off the back of a truck. We need people that carry a legacy spirit that says a bit of pain. It's not going to stop me. The enemy wants to rob you and me from believing God can use us. Come on, let's go to week two in our video. You're going to love it.
love the fact that every generation, including this generation, has been given a God opportunity to create a generational echo. Proverbs 13.22 says this, A good man, a good woman, a good church leaves an inheritance to its children's children. Many times I've had people stop and ask me, how would we ever raise 20 million every year into the community? I say that's just the beginning point. I think it comes from this thought. All we need to do is say yes to God. In fact, our response is to be a response not to the vision, not to somebody else asking us to do something, but legacy is when we hear from God and say, God, we're all in. That's how it began for us over 25 years ago. Yeah, I still vividly remember that feeling when we left Australia. You know, there was an apprehension because we knew it was God, but we still had to do it. <laughs> and we wheeled our three little boys into the <laughs> Auckland airport. We had our luggage and the, the boys, the older ones sitting on top of the luggage, baby under Paul's arm and his family waiting for us at the other end. But it was, a, it was an exciting feeling, but at the same time, apprehensive to know Oh, what, what does this mean? We just know God wants us here and we will do it, whatever you want, God. But the reality at the other end was, was a little bit daunting, wasn't it? Well, that's legacy. Legacy is when you hear from God and God says, come on, I want to create something that has this generational echo. And it happened not just to us, but many of us today are where we're at because somebody said yes. So many people have experienced the other side of legacy because of someone else's yes. This next couple, you'll know, when it came to God speaking, they just said yes. Pastor asked to meet with us, and we had just that week uh, signed uh, the contract for a new home, our dream home, and we were so excited about it. And I think we opened up that meeting with, you know, sharing with Pastor Paul what had happened and what God had done. And then the next thing we knew, uh, Pastor Paul was putting to us, uh, you know, would, would we consider and pray about moving to Melbourne? We know the motive in the heart of Pastor Paul and Marie has only ever been God's purpose and people's lives outworked. And so, you know, I was like, if, if God's spoken to you, that's enough for me. I'll, I'll go on that. And, and he said, you know, I love that, that's nice, but <laughs> you can't do that. He said, mm. you've got to know from God mm. if this is a God thing for you guys. And I think that's when I first prayed about it. For me, it was different. I, I mm. found it really hard to hear from God during that time because it was such, a, oh, it was such an emotional decision, um, leaving everything, leaving family which is massive. And, uh, and so I, um, I said to God, God, I'm really struggling to hear you on this. And so I need, um, I, if this is really you, I need to hear incredibly clearly. We had two prophetic words that week from people that had no idea what was going on. And I said to God at that point, okay, God, if this is you, I'm, I'm gonna say yes. And as soon as I did that, the peace came. And so there's always, I think, you know, moving to Melbourne, it hasn't been easy. There's always been tough times, but you look back now and you know God's hand's been on it. We left on a Sunday morning um, from New Zealand and we got to 
uh, what was the existing Melbourne campus and we actually went in and closed that service. That was the last service for that campus uh, and location and then the next week we were opening in the new one. And so we had a hotel um, just down the road from the new location in North Melbourne for three nights, I think it was. And so we literally just went, dropped our bags after the service and then went back and started unpacking the first, uh, the Mooney Ponds venue. I think probably slept on average two to three hours a night for that <laughs> first week and we couldn't get anywhere to live. And so then another family uh, who actually weren't coming to life at the time opened their doors and said, you need to live with us. And so we lived with them for another two months. Yeah, and then just a God-orchestrated thing. We got a rental about four or five months into actually being here. So it was the first time after five months we actually got to be a family in our own home. You know, and I think it's that whole thing. It's like, yeah, we, God's on it. It's awesome. And God is totally on it. And he was amazingly awesome. But the, the word easy didn't come into it. I see life as being a place I pray would be known as that church. You know, whether they know the name of life or not, they know it's that church and, you know, and that church helps and that church is when people walk into and because the Spirit will go, man, I'm home. Like, it's, this is it, I'm home. That, that feeling I had when I walked into Central, you know, when it had only just been a couple of months built and we walked in the first time, I was like, home. Yeah. This is that feeling everybody talks about. You know, there's so many things that you can achieve in this life um, that really, like, builds a trophy for your name but there's nothing that compares to building something that lasts well beyond you. It's amazing, like self promises so much and when you surrender to it and give into it, it's amazing how empty it feels. But then, you know, when you come to living a legacy, it can seem like such a sacrifice, but when you step into it, it's amazing how incredibly rewarding it is compared to living for self. I think there's a lot of people that God's going, mate, I want to take you from five to 10. I want to take you from 10 to 20. You know, I want to take you from one to two. Um, you know, would you put it in my soil? Would you put it in my kingdom? And would you watch me multiply it? From the young people through to those senior of years who have maybe really years earlier given so much and really forged away, I just feel like God's saying, hey, for every generation, for every age, it's not over. Don't count yourself out. Let's count ourselves in. And, um, and I, I think it's just about to ramp uh, to somewhere we haven't seen before. I've always loved the heart of Craig and Nadia and the expectation and leaning that they've always had for more, to see God and a desire to see God for more, even though it costs something. It's true. You know, our response to God's asking is not just about us doing it. It's actually even more than this just ethereal thing of saying, well, I want to create a legacy. No, there are decisions that other people make based on our yes response. And I love that about God. I love the fact that we are here positioned 2017 at a time in history which God has entrusted, those talents of time. And God's saying, do you realize if you say yes, how many people can be impacted? We've heard Craig and Nadia's story, but I wonder if we really understand the legacy that's created on the other side of their yes. Because of their yes, it's true today. Others are finding relationship with Jesus and finding a home, a church to call home. So I was working as a planner in Auckland. Was a little bit bored, wasn't really being fulfilled with what I was doing. And I had an amazing mentor and she sent me an email and she said, oh, there's this job going in Melbourne, a six months secondment. You should apply for it. 
two weeks later, I moved to Melbourne. It was lonely. The first couple of months were really tough, knowing no one. I loved work. I loved the city. I loved going out every weekend. But at the same time, I was on the phone to home a lot. I was, I was struggling a bit. Easter weekend last year was probably my lowest point. I was pretty lonely. Easter had always been a family time. It was my niece's first Easter and I wasn't there for it. It was great. I was getting pictures from the family, but it made it tougher knowing what I was missing out on. My close group of friends had all gone away for the weekend, having an amazing time, you know, getting videos from them telling me that they miss me, but being able to do nothing about it. And I went for a walk around a park near my house and I just cried because I was so lonely and I didn't know what to do. I'd had some friends in Auckland that were involved in Life Church that had often said, I'll oh, come along, but there'd always been a reason to not go. I'd always had sport or I'd always found some excuse. I'd, I'd fallen away from church a lot while I was at uni. There was just so much else going on in life and I tried to you know, fill my life with so many other things. And then I just had this really strong calling to find out if there was a Life Church. And I got back to the apartment and looked it up and found out that there is a life in Melbourne and decided that I was going to go the next day and Easter Sunday. I it was an hour long trek catching two trams to get here, um, but I made it. I've always seen that God works through people and coming into life, that was something I, I challenged God with was, you know, if you're here, if this is where I'm supposed to be, show me yourself through people, show me yourself through the people that are at this church. You know, bring someone to me that really shows me who you are. And I was standing in the foyer and I was, I was having a chat with him and I was, you know, just again repeating it. If you're here, God, you know, just show me yourself through someone. And that's right when Sophie walked up to me. Sophie said, you know, come with me and my sister and my mum's here for the weekend and, you know, come and grab lunch with us, have a chat and get to know us. and then we can take you home afterwards and just had an amazing afternoon getting to know some friends in Melbourne. There's always sacrifice and, you know, for, for Pastor Craig and Nadia moving over here, there's so much sacrifice. But I guess unless you're prepared to make sacrifice, you may miss out on something bigger, something, something more. And so what are we sacrificing if we don't step out? I find it incredible that Kirsten asked the question, is there a church called Life in this city? I think the truth is that had she asked that question of any other city in the world, apart from Auckland and Melbourne, the answer would have been no. But for her, the answer was yes. And it was yes because somebody responded to what God asked them to do. And that's legacy. Legacy has a reach far beyond what we could ever imagine. And God uses our yes to create that platform, that foundation for somebody else to stand. And I think for all of us, there is a challenge for us to live beyond ourselves. Here's a big question. What are you currently doing? What am I currently doing that actually is creating a legacy beyond myself, beyond my here and now? Because in legacy, there is an echo that goes generationally. You know, I remember in those early years, we encouraged everyone to go on an international missions trip, not just to make you feel good or what it's going to do for you, but beyond our response to say yes to God, it always there's somebody that needs hope. And that's the amazing thing about stepping out of ourself and our comfort zone and responding to God. 
And for all of us, it's kind of like that's where legacy begins. It's realizing we can create something that goes on and on and on and on. And then secondly, positioning ourselves at a point where we are going, God, what do you want? We know what we've been called to do as a church. We've got some big mountains and opportunities here through what God is doing in Auckland and Melbourne. But more than that, what do you want for me? Because when you know you can create something that goes on and on, and then you say yes, God then says, all right, you need to understand the wonder of what your yes will open up. I don't think we can go past this next story to hear how God has used life, those that have committed so far through H4 and now legacy, to be able to create a platform that others can see an incredible harvest. Let's hear from Jesse in Cambodia. What you've been doing here and Pastor Paul and Marie have been doing at Life, uh, your guys' reputation is around the world, but it was through Pastor Scott uh, making a visit there to Cambodia. I believe the purpose of his visit was to kind of seek out, all right, where's some good soil? Where, where's something that uh, is really making kind of a national impact there? Uh, and so it's through a visit uh, that began the relationship a good six, seven years ago now. There's really been kind of three key areas that uh, you guys here at Life have come alongside and uh, really strategically invested into. Uh, one is with regards to what we're doing there in the city building a church that is reaching the capital city of, of, of Cambodia, Phnom Penh, a city of over three million people, which is impacting the nation. That access uh, to the nuts and bolts of church uh, that you guys do here has just been unparalleled. The sad history of Cambodia is that they haven't had a lot of opportunities. Unfortunately, they've been through a lot of atrocities. So what life has been doing with what we call the next step houses, which are dormitories for young people that are coming in from the countryside, kids that have grown up in orphanages as well, and they hit 18 and they don't know where to go, and then also young women that have been rescued from trafficking. This is one of the key initiatives that, that life has been behind. And then I'd say the final thing is uh, hundreds and hundreds of communities and villages being completely unreached villages and seeing life-giving churches planted in those communities. And so uh, when we began the relationship several years ago, we had around 60 churches. We now have 200 churches and we're in the process of planting 500 additional churches. There are times, there are seasons, there are what we would call kairos or God-given moments. I believe Cambodia is in one of those moments. It's the second most receptive nation to the gospel in the world. Uh, and so the people are just wide open looking for answers. And I believe we have the opportunity to build a legacy of God's kingdom amongst the Cambodian people. This isn't just charity, this isn't just benevolence, this is kingdom partnership saying, hey, you know what, I'm gonna take part in this and I want some of that fruit. 
And I want some of that to be part of my legacy. And I want this to, to, to go with me both here and in eternity. Ultimately, our fulfillment and purpose comes when we, when we know that our lives are counting for something eternal. Not just living for ourselves, but living with others in mind. That's what legacy is all about. Yeah, I think legacy can never be limited just to our own backyard. It's the taking of who we are and what God's blessed us with and investing in great soil that will create an eternal harvest. When you think about our legacy offering, if you're new to life, it's about the fact that we are committed to seeing 20 million every year go into community need. And that's only three and a half years away to our 2020 vision. Not only that, but for the kingdom, that we would be the kind of people, the kind of church that would blow wind into other ministries sail, help build other churches, other paradigms of ministry that we would say, well done, and we can help in some way. For our facilities, it's more than buildings. Some people say, well, why do we need to build buildings? Because we need to create a home not just for those of us that are here at life, but those that are yet to come. A place that tells them God cares, that God's committed to a great future. But legacy needs partnership. It can't happen with one or two. As we began today by saying, every generation has been given a God opportunity to create a generational echo, to build something of eternal value but it's our partnership that makes the difference. I wanna encourage you not to look at what's in your hand and see it as small, but see it as seed. See it as something that can touch other people's lives. Again, if you've been blessed, that you would consider what God is saying to you. Because when God says it and we say yes, the miracle is another Kirsten finding God. It's someone else discovering that God was with them all the time. Our yes, our response to God's call creates a future that will change lives forever. Together, why don't we create a legacy that will see 2020 be all God has asked us to see. Come on, amazing. I said amazing. You know, I get moved every time <laughs> I see what God does on the other side of a simple yes. Such a small word, three letters. You know, the enemy wants us to believe we could never make a difference. Wants us to believe we've just got to protect what we've got. kind of hear the Father's heart is like you know religion comes with the, the what but God the Father comes to us with the why it's like why you need to do this Paul why you need to do this life is I can hear the ache of many that have never known my love. It's always been that way. It's always been, for us anyway, that 
You know, if we're going to leave a legacy, we've got to live it. And when you stop and think about legacy, it's kind of like legacy not only understands self-sacrifice, but it legacy actually invests. That's what legacy does. It invests the seed of today. It's so often, as I said, the enemy goes, well, you can make a difference. And yet God says, would you see the power and the potential of one little seed? When God spoke to Marie and I 25 years ago, we were happy doing what we're doing. We're in the right zone. We were comfortable. Like Craig and Nadia. And God said, would you? It's like, God, you know, we've lived our lives. It's never been about what's good for us. It's about what you want, knowing that will be good for us. So God said, we want you to go back to New Zealand, the place of your birth. I'm not a pioneer guy. I, and the church here is not in a position for me to go and be supported. So Marie and I prayed about it. And God said, would you? We said, yeah. Then we began to think about what we didn't have. We had no money. We had three kids under five. The only thing is an old car we had that was valued then at $4,000. Well, we'll sell the car and that'll buy the air plane tickets and maybe we can take some stuff with us what will we do for a job we'll just get a job and start something that we believe is going to impact a city one little seed the seed called yes did you know that you hold that seed when God said would you do something at Christmas and we started carols in the park church was only three years old sitting in the office Boston Road going all of our acts have pulled out all of our highlighted people are gone and it's six weeks and some of the team said Pastor Paul we better get out we've got no money we've got no special acts <laughs> but I said God asked us and we said yes. Six weeks time, we had a sponsor that gave us $40,000. 25,000 Aucklanders came out. Not just to celebrate Christmas, but to hear about the God of Christmas. When God said, would you find a way, believe for 20,000 people that would be legacy builders by 2020 would you believe for 20 million to go into the community we just said yes you know John 15 16 I read it this week and this verse again jumped out at me Jesus speaking he said you you didn't choose me but I chose you I'm thankful it's not about my ability you didn't get here on your own steam. I chose you. And if I went before you, again, if I want to pay off this building in three and a half years, in fact, in the fasting at the beginning of the week, I just saw this huge mountain. I knew it was the mountain that we were about to climb. 
and I could see God standing on the top. And I just knew that God's already there. It just needs yes. And God said, come on. You've got to realize that I chose you and I appointed you that you would bear fruit. Legacy is not about you getting the kind of life that makes you secure. It's about you creating fruit for others to be sustained. Come on, I chose you that you should bear fruit and that your fruit should have an echo in generations. I wonder, come on, I wonder how far your yes has gone. I wonder if it's in other countries. I wonder if it's in other lives and other futures. It's kind of like, would you do it? Because if you do it that way, if you become that legacy builder, you can ask whatever in my name and I'll do it. It's powerful. You know, I remember back in Sydney, 28 years at the time, serving God flat out. Just, we just said yes. We didn't actually have to pray about stuff. If there was a job that needed to be done, we just said, yeah, we're in. And then our church was going through another development stage and they felt to build a building. And I was on the team. I was the youth pastor, if I remember rightly, Marie. And I had one son. His name was Luke. It's almost two. Blonde here. And then she was pregnant with Nathan. We were down to one salary. I remember our salary at the time was under 30,000. 28 years of age. God said, I want to do something with the church. It's time to go to the next level. Would you say yes? So we got to prayer and we felt like God put on our hearts that we were to believe for something we'd never done before. We committed to raising or giving $30,000 over a three-year period. On a salary of under 30,000, then you take tax out of it. It was just impossible, but we said yes. I've got seed through the Hillsong Church globally because of my yes, our yes. And yet we hit a time where it's like, how can we ever do that? But we felt God say, would you do it? We said yes. And then I stumbled on Haggai chapter 1. It's the account of God speaking to his people. And he says, you've become so consumed with yourselves. You just keep building more panels in your own home, and yet my house is in ruins. And he said, it's time to consider your ways. And then he just said this. He said, would you go up into the mountains? Would you go and get wood? Come on, so that you can build my house. And what I discovered is that when you say yes, when God asks the question, the provision's already there somewhere. And so you know how we did what we said yes to is we actually went and got wood. I remember, I think it was an order of, it was either 50 or 100 sheets of 25 mil MDF board, full sheets. I said, honey, what I'm going to do, I'm pretty handy with my hands. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make coffee tables. She said, we need to find an answer. I said, well, the Bible says go and get wood. I started to clean cars. I started to spray paint cars and I built coffee tables and we sprayed them with lacquer. And when I got home from church work I would just work well into the night Luke when he went to bed Marie would come out with a cup of tea and we would work together and we would get these coffee tables ready and then on our only day off was Saturday we'd go to the Parkley Markets west of Sydney and we'd sell coffee tables and in three years we said yes and we provided $30,000 to see the kingdom move forward you know a lot of people say well it's alright for you no 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 it's it's all right for all of us. 
But God just asks, come on. Will we say yes? Did you know that our greatest miracles already exist? Within dormant seeds. Some of us have been ripped off by the enemy because maybe we're analytical people. We're fearful people. We're self-protecting people. And we've been ripped off because we haven't said yes, because we couldn't see and we couldn't secure it. And God says, I just wanted you to trust me because I'm already on top of your mountain. And the miracles have never been unlocked because you've never really said yes. Come on. We're in a moment in history and we need to understand that legacy invests today's seed on a word from God. And I think the other thing I'd just bring sort of in the focus is that legacy partners with obedience. You don't have to do what I'm going to do. God's asking us in the next three and a half years to do more than we've done in our entire life in a situation like this. But I'm a believer there's wood. But God is asking for your obedience. Don't let the enemy say, well, we couldn't make a difference. We only got a little seed. No, the seed has a harvest. If it gets sown. Seed has the power and obedience is the ingredient that unlocks that power. I love being reminded by what Craig and Nadia did. We need to hear from God and then we're going to say yes. You know, I believe that if God's got a, a plan for us, He's got a way, a pathway. And you go, so Pastor, you're saying by 2020, we're going to every year be putting more than 20 million into the community, absolutely. You say, that's why we're believing to pay off the first stage of Central, which actually we need to raise something like 45 million over three and a half years. And you go, that's impossible. No, it's not. If God's on top of the mountain, nothing's been impossible. You just need to look at what God has done in the last few years here at Life to get some confidence in the God you talk about. You go, well, how will we do it? Well, we're going to believe that God is going to raise up in this three and a half year period sooner, better than later. Come on, 3,000, what we're going to call legacy partners. Let's put that on the screen. 3,000 people, families, couples that are going to go, you know what, I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to write an echo in a history because God's called me to create a legacy. God's called us to create a legacy. That 3,000 legacy partners is going to be made up of 300, what we call Gideon's 300 and 2,700 legacy builders. And uh, we all can't do the same thing, but we're all in the army. And uh, what we're going to do is you may be here and you may have an ability in finance and big faith and an ability not just to shoot the breeze but you go I've got a capacity to find more wood than most I can find ways to do it well you might consider becoming part of the Gideon's 300 in fact the 45 million we've broken into three areas two of them are going to sit with the Gideon's 300 and the final 15 million so 30 million with them 15 million for the 2700 legacy builders just so that you can see how we can do that let's go to the Gideon uh, 300 in the Gideons 300 we're going to believe that God is going to speak to 30 financial forerunners and in three and a half years they're going to commit to finding come on 15 million dollars that they're going to bring there are already people responding to that and saying hey we believe God's speaking to us and it's going to take someone in that group that's got a high capacity come on to 
to come in with at least three million numbers with one million numbers with half a million numbers with a quarter of a million over that three and a half year period. And you go, well, I could never do that. Well, maybe God's not asking you to do that. Or you might be going, well, I could do that. Come on, hear from God. And if God says it, then you say, yes, 270 financial leaders, anywhere from 150,000 down to 40,000 over three and a half years. And by the way, there's tax, 33% of that comes back to you. And we're going to believe that God's going to fill every one of those slots. I'm getting excited by it. Come on, Melbourne, you're excited with us? Every campus, we're going to believe God for that. If you move to the 2,700 legacy builders, here's the way, if we broke it down to every year, we need approximately an average of about 5 million every year coming from 2,700 legacy builders. There's three ways or three categories we could give to see that become a reality. If 400 of us committed to 4,000 in one year, that's $77 a week. And 800 of us committed to 2,000 in a 12-month period over and above our general giving, that's $38 a week. Or with that, 1,500 of us committed to 1,200. Come on, it makes it doable. It's $23 a week. By the time you get your 33 cents back, it's $15 a week. That's three coffees. Surely we can believe for that much wood. Come on. Surely we can believe that collectively right across every campus here around life, we could see that miracle happen. And I'd love you this week to be praying about that. I'd love you to take time and saying, God, what do you want me to say yes to? It's your decision. It's always been our decision to make that commitment to God. You know, right now, I'd love us to hand out some journals. We did it last week, but if you didn't get one last week, you weren't here or you missed it. Again, I'm going to ask our host to come. And in fact, while they're doing that, we're going to show you some slides of what our new facility is going to look like. And uh, here in Auckland, our central facility. And uh, if you didn't get a, a, one of these journals, it doesn't commit you to anything, but it just gives you something to take home and find out more about our journey and what we're doing right now. Put your hand up nice and high. And even if you want to take some, for some that aren't here, you can just put your hand up. We'll get one of those to you. And I encourage you, it's a journal. It's got things you can read, things you can write down, things that you can use. The truth is for all of us, obedience, come on, creates a legacy. And I think as we look at what God has done in Central, again, I want to encourage you to be in prayer. We're going to believe God to do amazing things. You know, before I finish today, I want to take you back. And I love what Craig said. He reminded me of what I said to him. You need to hear from God. When was the last time you heard from God and it had the volume over your circumstances? When was the last time you heard to God, heard from God and it had the security over your own? And then I love what Nadia said. Basically, you and I, God's not going to force religion forces. But you and I get to decide where we place our trophy. You and I get to decide whether that trophy goes in God's cabinet or our own cabinet. You get to live your life. God will never, religion, as I said, will make you. God doesn't. He just says, would you? And if you say yes, his blessing begins to flow. 
And we're going to believe God to take us to new levels. Come on, let's pray. Father, this is a moment in history. I feel the weight of it. It's not the weight of the mountain. It's the weight of what you're wanting to do as we reach the summit of that mountain and how your name will be glorified in our nations more than ever before. Help us this week to have time to hear from you, to see the why, not be consumed with the what, and to be able to respond whichever way we go, yes or no. We desire that our nations will stand singing your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.